Hello, welcome. I'm John, the host of my pedaling podcast show, which is me cycling 20,000 kilometers from New Zealand all the way back to the UK, which was going to start now, but um, I've delayed that. I'm going to start a bit later on. Cycle New Zealand, make some more money, and then head over to Australia and start my journey kind of later on in the year, which is why I want to bring you this show. Something quite exciting coming, and I want to kind of share my thoughts uh, ahead of what I'm about to do and the projects I'm about to get get on with in New Zealand. Hello and welcome to my big challenge ahead in my bike packing journey. Um, so about two weeks ago, I was meant to fly from Auckland over to Sydney and start my first leg, uh, Australian leg to going home but i didn't do it i didn't do it and the reason why is because at the back of my head as i've been in new zealand for for over a year now um i really wanted to to explore new zealand by bike i mean there was i felt like if I, if i didn't do it and especially because of the people I interviewed and talked to on the way and what they shared and people i've met i've all talked about positive things riding a bike and especially the amount of trails you know the kind of routes that you can take um, so I was really keen to do that and I kind of felt a little bit bad if I wouldn't have been able to do it. So, And I mean, I also wanted to challenge, one of the big things I'm working on at the moment is how can I present the trip through New Zealand via an audio podcast like I'm doing now? And the reason why I kind of started this podcast is to really highlight and show things in this audio way. So a way of storytelling and sharing um, and highlighting everything as I go in a way that is totally listenable as well, not just me you know, talking about riding a bike pretty much the whole way because that would be pretty boring, even for me. Um, so, so yeah, I'm still here. Um, I'm still in Auckland. My challenge now is to just uh, raise some money to, to be able to do the trip um, and then also give me enough time to plan the trip and plan the audio and plan how I'm going to do things. Um, so, yeah, I'm still in New Zealand and I want to discover I want to discover New Zealand via the tour of Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Which, for those who don't know, that's the tour of New Zealand. It's the it's the um, Maori word for New Zealand. After speaking to the Kennett brothers as well recently um, in the show two weeks ago, they really kind of highlighted how different uh, New Zealand can be using the, the 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 route that they've set out from the north of the country to the very south. So that's going from Cape Reinga down to Bluff. So I want to I want to kind of discover that route. I want to discover the I guess the trails that are built and. Each of the trails that you kind of end up using on this route are trails you can use independently, you know, so they're just ways to link up this whole route, but actually they have a, a story behind each one of them too. So I want to find a way of exploring that. Secondly, I wanted to talk a little bit about riding back home because, you know, when I grew up, I've always been involved in, uh, you know, racing bikes, riding road bikes, doing cyclocross, um, you know, pushing yourself, going faster, improving, getting better, getting fitter. You know, that's kind of always been my... Um, my thinking around cycling and the kind of more I've grown up around cycling and matured I've realized that actually people are, are all different and the reasons why they ride bikes and how they get into it you know even the type of bike people ride from BMX to mountain bike to you know road bikes you name it I mean even just commute bikes getting around town e-bikes and things like that so everyone's different and the show is to explore that and and it's some a question I'm facing myself is how do I want to how do I want to ride home like what's my style now I've already got my bike, which is my uh, giant SL something, pretty cheap, like $800 on Trade Me. It's it's got a much more aggressive kind of setup than than a I guess a touring bike. So I'm going to be, I mean, it's a position I'm used to as well. So I'm kind of okay with it, and it feels really comfortable. Um, 
it just doesn't allow certain things you know like the mounting certain things in areas on the bike but i'm going to put together a small uh, a small journal piece uh, and i'll share that through my instagram and online just so you can actually check out some of the kit i've already got together at the moment anyway going back to the riding racing style of style of getting around the world about two three weeks ago i joined up with the guys that inspired me for this whole trip the world spokespeople anna Kay and tane they went from london back to new zealand and the route that they did is a route that i definitely want to do as well so i'm finding a way to to do that too but when, when they arrived in new zealand they also traveled the length of new zealand going from the south to the north and when they arrived to the north i joined them for the first time interviewed them for the show which is coming out next week and then i spent two days riding with them spent a day and a half kind of racing up to, to meet them and then i joined them for uh, i kind of i guess a 40 kilometer ride in one day and then the next day the full day which was another 80 kilometers now after that leg i had to also get back to auckland for something really important so i pretty much spent the next two days pushing myself really hard and that was riding i think it was around 160 kilometers each of those two days and then by the end of it, I was absolutely destroyed. I buried myself to the point of where I just didn't feel very good. You know, when you do those things and you push yourself that hard, it feels very different. I mean, it's a solo kind of thing. You have to get into a mental state. You hurt and you push and you you know in the back of your mind you have to keep, to meet your kind of uh, goal of, of, of where you're going to get to, you have to just keep pushing through, you know. Sometimes not even going really tough or difficult, but just planning yourself a little bit better so you're, eating and drinking well as you're riding and you're doing things to keep your your body moving but also not going too difficult and not going too hard so you can, you're not going to make the end and that's kind of a challenge and 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 a style i'm, I'm starting to enjoy but going back to joining uh, anna and tane there, there was a difference in in their style of riding which really opened my eyes up to a different way of 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 riding a bike we covered 80 kilometers from around nine o'clock in the morning till about five six in the evening and that included plenty of stops so we were stopping for food we were checking things out we were just uh, i guess kind of taking things in um and being able to talk and being able to just really ride the bike without thinking and without pushing yourself and it was totally different i mean at first you i kind of get into this feeling of is this right is this, is this should i be going harder should i be going faster and uh, and that kind of mentality comes back but then also you you're telling yourself to just slow down take it easy uh, and, and talk and see things differently um and enjoy the day so when i got back that was something i've been thinking about since you know how am i going to structure my riding back home to the uk i've given myself 12 months to do it and i'm not sure really how to how to break things up do i just push for 100 kilometers per day on average for the whole way home do i do bigger chunks and then smaller chunks and race certain sections if i feel like it it's something i'm, I'm i really want to explore and this is the this is something i need to do uh, as part of the show I want to develop uh, for the tour uh, of New Zealand or the tour of uh, Otiria. So as part of that kind of big question like how do I want to ride a bike and how do I be creative about the whole process itself? So how do I create that narrative that's going to be interesting for you guys to listen to and also for me to develop uh, and how do we create something that is a good story? So how do we create something where it showcases what I'm sharing with you guys but also sharing kind of what impact it's having on me uh, and I think that's kind of quite important to the process itself rather than me sharing I guess more of a touristic kind of view of everything which I don't want to do this is this is the journey I'm going to go on and it's one that I want to explore with people around me and also explore myself personally and throughout this show 
So I'm looking at creative ways I can actually do that. So the tour of Autoria is is going to be it's going to be between 20, 30 or 40 days of traveling from the north to the south, cover as much of the uh, the route as possible. I want to find a way of sharing that. Whether that's talking about the, the those trails, whether it's meeting the people on the way, maybe it's having people join me for that as well, or, or doing pre-interviews before. What I want to do over the next four weeks is develop a, a show in the build-up to that. I want to talk to the people that I think are going to be quite important to get information from, to get inspired from, and to really share their passion and what they do and, and, and their perspective on creativity in the cycling world. Brings me to none other then creative director at specialized he is known as the dark lord and he featured and created a movie called the length of sweden if you don't already know him his name is eric nolan and i got talking to him and wanted to really ask him about how he went about the film what he does uh, and really what his thoughts are around creating stories within cycling so the audio about to hear is from the length of sweden a 30 minute documentary film which he's going to talk to you about but let me just introduce you to to him and the length of Sweden. Whenever I get comfortable, I get bored. And then, you know, I add a struggle to myself in my life. It's always been like that. I need the uncomfort to, to really find that zen sort of moment. Eric sent me an email a handful of months ago. He said, I have a crazy idea, just read it. I read, come to Sweden and ride 2,100 kilometers in a week. Um, I didn't really think about it before saying yes, it seemed like a good idea. Of course it's heavy, and of course it's gonna be tears or whatever, but you get to know things that you would never ever do in the in the regular life. Anyway, welcome to the show, Pedaling Podcast. Um, great to talk to you after sort of watching your uh, length of Sweden movie and watching your Instagram stories uh, of the Dark Lord. Um, so yeah, thanks for jumping on and talking to me. Yeah, easy. <laughs> nice to be here. Okay. Um, so, I mean, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to jump in and have a call uh, and, and talk with you is just to get a feeling of kind of what you do, because in the kind of bike world and the industry and the podcast I'm doing, I'm talking to people from all over the bike world. Um, and you know, one of the, one of the things that I kind of uh, look for is that kind of more of a creative pro- approach to, to, um, the cycling world. It's something that kind of has a little edge on everything else. Um, so I guess, for, first of all, could you just kind of talk about a little bit what you do in your day-to-day kind of life, uh, over in, uh, uh, the, the West coast of America? Yeah. So, 
<clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm a designer. And that's my, my background. Uh, I've, I've been working at specialized bicycle components in, in California, in Morgan Hill for the last six years, um, starting in industrial design, uh, uh, mainly focusing on bikes, uh, the first couple of years, uh, traditional industrial design work. And as time has passed, I've gone more and more into the brand aspect of things and, and, uh, telling stories and, uh, you know, building brands instead of designing bikes, and and now in the last maybe two years, I've been, I've been tying all that together in in telling stories through products and uh, uh, being being at the company as a uh, a creative leader, sort of. Uh, so not only design, but also uh, you know the back end, the asking, you know, answering all the the why are we doing this and and not only how it's supposed to look, but also, you know, why really? Um, it's for for me. It's like a, a good product needs to have a good story, and if if you don't have that, it's pretty much like like people. If you don't have an interesting story, you're you're just another human, right? But uh, if if you can find the whys and you can you can tell a story around that, you can do some pretty magical things and. And that's that's what I'm trying to do. Most recently, now in within equipment and apparel, but I've I've been all over the company basically. So yeah, uh, on my sixth year, still liking it a lot, uh, having a lot of fun, and working with bikes and riding bikes and designing bikes all day long. <laughs> Sounds ideal. Um, so so on the uh, the brand and, and and telling that story, which is kind of quite important to what I want to talk to you. Um, in the field you're working in, like, how much control do you have to, to kind of make sure that story goes from right to the grassroots of what you're designing to out there to the the, the, the mass market kind of things? Do you have kind of full control, autonomy on kind of how that kind of all happens? Or is it kind of a bit of a challenge to kind of keep your creative flair kind of flowing through everything that, that communicates at the end? I mean, it, yes and no. I think there's there, there's a lot of... of um, a lot of sort of free spirits in here. So Specialized is a big company, but it's also like a startup. We, it's really like, like one of the tech startups in, in the Bay area, you know, in Silicon Valley, it's, if you have a good idea, uh, our leaders would very much endorse you to prove them wrong or to, to, you know, get the budget or get the time or, spend spend the hours or days or months in something that you believe in to to show them wrong and and it's very much encouraged to to be entrepreneurial and to to you know break boundaries and do all the crazy shit that takes product development forward you know i might have a very stupid idea that somewhere deep inside i feel might be relevant in a couple of years and and a lot of the biggest successes that I've been a part of has been one of those like, hey, what if we did like this? You know, you talk to a friend or you talk to a colleague and it's like, maybe maybe there's a way to do it differently. And if you got a good idea, create a good story around it, there's nothing that says that that product would not end up in the market. So, so well, to ask your, answer your questions, like if, if, if the idea is good enough, and you you have a solid story around it, and you can visualize that and preach that to the right people, then it's almost certain that that product will happen and and be brought to market. Mm. 
so I'm actually quite interested in, I mean, Specialize is massive, you know, we're talking a big global conglomerate kind of brand um, that's been pushing bikes out for years across all different um, styles and types and models and things like that. Um, there's also this kind of growing kind of a subculture of cycling that I've noticed. So it's kind of like the, the, the small speed wagons and the, um, and the, the curved cycling in Melbourne, you know, those kind of guys creating small, uh, interesting products that kind of are allowed to tell that story. Um, so what, what do you think makes Specialized so different to, um, any other kind of big brand like Giant and, and those kind of guys to actually push those kind of smaller stories and those, um, those more niche products and those kind of, that, that to allow you to kind of breathe to do those kind of things rather than just thinking you know it's a mass market product like just leave them to do their thing and focus on the smaller guys that are doing kind of interesting stuff so my question really is like what makes specialized so different because it's full of cyclists that it's as simple as that there's 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 some of the smartest people i've ever met inside this building there's there's basically 250 like nutcases <laughs> in in this building, uh, we're all cyclists. We all ride our bikes a lot, and in all 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 different aspects, you know, from from just either commuting or to being the national champion or to be a world champion. I've I've, I've rode my lunch ride today with Ned Overend, who's um our, the first world champion of, of cross country mountain biking. He's still around, you know, and there's, there's so many examples of people like that who just like, they stay around the brand, they amplify the brand and there, there's so much passion and loyalty um, for the brand, you know? Uh, and, and there's, there's so much expertise. There's, there's carbon fiber layup experts and suspension experts, and they're all writers. And I think, I think in a lot of other brands that I've been been looking into, and that I've been a part of, you don't really find that like grassroots passion of being writers. You know, we are all writers, and I think if you're that dedicated and and married to what you do, and preach really like the way you live, you preach that. Uh, I really believe that good product comes out of that. Mm. Like, and and it's it's how we push the boundaries. It's it's not only like we invest a lot in in R and D and development, but everything is is for riders by riders. And I think that's really something magical. Mm. Okay, uh, I, I want to talk about um, your your Instagram account. So the the, the Dark Lord. Um, it seems to be kind of like an image you've kind of crafted yourself purposefully, um, you know, with the all your kind of stories are black and white and uh, everything you follow is kind of around uh, being dark with the kind of, I guess it's kind of a tongue in cheek uh, reference to, to being the Dark Lord. Can you explain kind of like what, you, what, what your thinking was around um, creating the account and, and, and how you kind of use it? Uh, I mean... I've, I've I come from Sweden. It's a pretty pretty fucking dark place, <laughs> <laughs> and you know half of the year. And I I just embraced that pretty early. I I embraced darkness. Uh, you know I've 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 been loving darkness for the last you know decade and and longer. It was actually started by my mom because she she ended up just dressing in black when when she was around her last ten years. She was only dressed in black, basically. So I just took that over and started dressing in black and and I created my own uniform and like most of the music I listen to is very dark and heavy and and I listen to a lot of black metal and 
a lot of things are just informed by by nature and and you know uh things that come from the natural world and and you know especially living in america now where everything is like so righteous and and cheeky uh i like having that sort of identity of of Mm. embracing darkness and 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 then it's also like just taking you know having fun it's it's not so serious all the time but I, I truly, I truly embrace the darkness in my life, and uh, and I just love love being dark. <laughs> it's as easy as that. Yeah, I love being dark. <laughs> that's it. Okay, let's jump onto uh, yeah. the the Sweden. Okay, this is how I kind of found out about, I knew about you. I was on a a bike packing trip, like three four day trip, and um, oh yeah, and people reference that. You know, have you seen this story? Blah blah blah. And then I was kind of like, no, I need to see it, and um. So, so, how did the length of Sweden come about? Was it was it kind of your initial idea to to create the trip, um, or maybe you can start with explaining uh, what the what the length of Sweden is? Okay, so length of Sweden is uh, it's run every uh, four years. Uh, it's it's the longest official brevet sanctioned by the ACP, which is Odax Club Parisien. So many people have heard about Paris Brest Paris. Uh, it's it, it's it's a similar randonnée, a brevet. It's sanctioned by the same organization, but this is this is way longer. So it's it's twenty one hundred kilometers. Uh, it goes from the north of Sweden to the south southern tip, basically. And uh, I had been wanting to do that, so I, I've been riding like long distance brevets and and randonnées for over a decade. And um, and the length of Sweden has been on my radar since since the first edition. Uh, but it's just also a pretty pretty long ride, and and living in the U.S. has just been, uh, you know, it's a big investment to do one of those rides, you know, flying over the Atlantic and investing a lot of time and money. Mm. Uh, but we had a new bike. I had been the lead designer of the Sequoia, uh, which was like one of our uh, pretty fast uh, steel touring bikes, pretty capable touring bikes. So. Again, you know, like the first question was about like, you know, storytelling and creating a context for a product. This was like a full context of a product. I only not only designed the product with my team, I was the lead designer, but I, I also led the marketing exercise and, and the branding of it, the storytelling. And when the bike was about to get finished, um, length of Sweden was just right there. And uh it's like that's that's the perfect story for for this sort of Scandinavian designed type uh, long distance endurance bike. So um, we made a film about it. Uh, me and my friend Rita and um, my friend Christian set out to to just write it and tell a pretty pretty humble story. You know, not trying to be sensational and uh, just tell a very compelling and inspirational story to. To the world and 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 tell them what you can actually achieve, even though you're you might be broken and injured, or if you're a total rookie or whatever it is, you can ride 2,100 kilometers in 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 the remote parts of of Sweden. So so that's what we did. We we did a we did a, a documentary film with Erchewi Film out of Germany, and uh, it's called Length of Sweden. And um, it was a, it was a fun project, you know, being being part of like from the first embryo of a product to 
the design process and uh, all through past production and finalized design and and then into marketing and then also being an ambassador for it after it's it's done and it's it's sort of a, a dream case of building a bike concept mm. And you, you mentioned just then um, uh, uh, when you created the the documentary, how you didn't want it to be this kind of over-dramatized uh, kind of film. Um, it's quite important to note that because when I watch the film and when someone watches it, that, that you definitely get a sense of feeling. You know, you feel, um, you can't really explain it, but you kind of feel like you're there. You kind of, you get shown kind of the, the, the yeah, the darkness, the, 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 the toughness, um, but also not in a, not in a fast way that you kind of you kind of find it hard to take in. It's kind of something that you can really kind of uh, you know, kind of seep your emotion into a little bit. What what was the, the the kind of thought process behind that? Because you could totally have done the the, the typical uh, high end, you know, fast paced bike kind of exciting moving kind of uh, uh, thing, but you decided to go for something much more, um, I guess, much more softer and a, a bit more darker. Would you say? Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's it's super dark, <laughs> but that that's also how it was. How it was, you know. It's a it's a it's a very dogmatic approach to to making a documentary film. Uh, I I personally hate when things are are manicured and staged. And you know, like bike videos are usually the same. You know, they like I I don't even want to spend a second watching them because you know they're either like super pushy and, and manufactured. Um, or you know, sensational in a way that I don't I don't enjoy. So we actually set out we, we set a pair of like dogmas uh, with the film team before we headed out. You know, we said like you know you're going to be our shadow. Uh, this is a documentary. It's a dogmatic documentary. So we're not going to fake anything. There'll be no retakes. We're going to use the real sound of us. You know, I want you guys to like stay in the background. Uh, this is not a, a commercial film. This is, this is storytelling around three people who, who rides a very long distance together and it has to be super real. And, and I mean, as you, as you can see in the film, it, it was, I, I, I just a week prior to the start had had a pretty bad accident, but a, a super serious concussion. I broke my scapula and, and three ribs seven days before the start. Wow. So that also like contributed to the darkness of it because I was in a lot of agony and pain. And the north of Sweden is also pretty a pretty dark place. Really cold in the summer and 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 wet and and first two days it was just a constant rain. So if yeah, we want to just reflect like the shitty moments of, of writing too. It's not just peaches and cream and and all nice and beautiful when you write 2100 case. Half of the ride is going to be super shitty and very destructive and and I think that's the like the real the real picture of how much it could suck to ride long distance had to be in there but then also the beautiful moments of how enormously liberating and inspiring it could be to you know be in those like super highs as as an endurance cyclist mm. in, in the movie as well you, you touched on um uh, the kind of mental state of mind you kind of get into during these events and 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 how it materializes when you're riding um is there a reason why you think it's only because of riding or is it or is it not do you think 
Um, you know, like I always describe long distance riding as a sine curve where, where, you know, it might be 4,300 K long or, or 1200 K or whatever distance, it doesn't matter, but you're going to have the absolute lows of your riding career and your absolute highs and everything in between. And you'll only reach the highs, you know, maybe once a day. And then you'll absolutely <laughs> hit the bottom once a day too. And then everything in between. But as you, as you gain um, experience, you know that it is a sine curve. So it'll come and go. And it's, it's all about coping with, with your demons and, and trying to, to look forward to that high again when you're at the absolute low or just embracing how hard it could be. You know, I for for me it took a couple of years to understand that riding long distance, like part of that is is learning how to suffer and 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 learning to love the suffer the suffering and and just be fine with it and then also cherish the highs and and try to you know really find the spots where where you find them and stay there as long as possible, even though it's hard. Mm. Okay, so so one of the things I want to 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 kind of get some advice and, and feedback from you uh, on is is this a kind of semi challenge story that I'm going to develop, which is the traveling the distance of of New Zealand, really. So uh, from the very north to the very south over thirty to forty days, um, which could be anything between one hundred and one hundred and fifty kilometers. Uh, and yeah. one of my challenges is to 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 document the journey, um, and and not in a way to to showcase the the, the ride itself, but also find a way of uh, I guess sharing the story uh, as, an, as an audio um, piece as well. Um, if you were kind of s- stepping into my shoes for a moment and, and thinking about this as a project, um, from your experience, um, how would you how would you kind of think about it? Would you think about it from the the, the purely the, the the ride itself and how to build a narrative with that, um, or would you look at something totally different? Or would you just do what you did with the length of Sweden, just completely film everything, record everything, get to the end, and then you'll soon figure it out. Uh, no, I mean, as, as long as you do you and you do what you want to, like, you, you are who you want to be, you know, I, I think I always find that like the, the, what, like the breadcrumbs that fall on the floor are usually what's super interesting, you know, whether it's a, a, an idea or a story, it's not usually like the big broad strokes that <clears throat> really catches my attention. Hmm. Like, I, I don't care about the distance that you do, you know, I don't care you know, the elevation that you're going to do, how many watts you can produce or how light your bike is. I, I don't care about that. But it's a pretty compelling story. You know, the why do you do this? Why do you want to do this? What's the challenges? Uh, you know, if this is the longest you've ever ridden, like tell people that, be honest, you know, cre- create a, a compelling story about, you know, transparency and sort of dogmatic uh, honesty uh around your ride and and i always find it to be more interesting when it's not polished you know uh if you look today at instagram for instance it's so polished and everybody's perfect and it's manicured but if you just like spill your guts on something there will be a cool story coming out of it if if you stay you and you tell everybody why you have to do this or why you want to do this and don't put a script into it and don't exaggerate, you know, numbers or, or sensationalize anything. I think there, the, the, the grandness of what you are, are set out to do here 
is a really good story in itself. But like, just stay out of the cliches <laughs> of like, oh, I rode 300 kilometers today or 9,000 meters of elevation and, and yada, yada. Because like, everybody does that, you know? Yeah, I guess that's the that's the most obvious story to tell, isn't it? The most obvious thing to tell is the is the stats, the info, the the kind of uh, the most ubiquitous yeah, stuff. Right? You know, I relate to that as the one A, and and I I try to stay away from the obvious ones, the one A's. You know, I'm more interested in the two B or three C. You know, uh, I think that's when the magic happens. And and going back to length of Sweden, I think the Ertsui uh, film team that followed us, like they're, they're really masters in, in finding everything in between and, and tell that story, you know, wash away all the bullshit and sort of the obvious stories there and then find everything that's in between. Mm. And like the, the dust or the grits or the breadcrumbs on the floor, pick them up, you know, I think, I think that's awesome. Mm. And that it's it's not only a a way of storytelling that I enjoy more, but it could also be an aesthetic, you know, like don't don't save your your hero shot for that big climb, you know, or that grand view over Lake Wanaka or whatever, you know, do like focus on the shitty parts, you know, when it's just when you're soaking wet or when you see something that you like or you meet somebody that you know, makes you forget about the distance, you know, for 10 minutes or when you have that ice cream or drink that beer. I think those like moments in between makes a better and more genuine story. Mm. So I guess those real, a way to look at it is those, those real human moments, you know, those, those emotional moments where you're either struggling or suffering or, uh, or just being who we are. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Just be honest as long as you're honest and that, I mean, obviously I'm, 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 I'm turning 40 today and I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like trying to be very, very honest and, and straightforward with people around me. And, and I think if there's, if there's any interest in me, you know, it's, it's because I, there's like no masks and no facade with mm-hmm. me. You know, if I'm, if I'm super stoked, people would know about it. If I'm pissed, people would know about that too. It's just like a straightforward honesty that that I think I I can still be get better at that. But you know, in in product development, in life in general, in storytelling, I think that's like that's my dogma. Yeah. So I mean, happy birthday, first of all. Um, just just on that note as well. I mean, if you could, as a forty year old now, if you could go back to the twenty one year old Eric Nolan and and give him some advice um, based on where you are now, what, what what do you think it would be? Uh, you don't want to hear this, but I, 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 I would, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I, I, I live my life one day at a time. I, I've never had any career goals. I've never had any in the feel of climbing ladders or, or you know, strategize five years ahead. Like, oh, I'm gonna have this much money on my bank account in ten years. Or, I've never thought like that ever. You know, there's. There's a lot of serendipity in my life that happened because it was bound to happen. Uh, I've just been, you know, tried to to have more friends than enemies and 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 live every day like it's the last. Uh, and you know, be be aware and listen more than you talk, and and just try to be a good person. That's 
that's I think where that's like my manifesto now. Um, I wouldn't change. I mean, I've I made a thousand mistakes, but I've always gone smarter. Every you know one mistake at a time, and I cherish I cherish both my mistakes and I manifest my darkness. You know, we all have it inside, but trying to to wear a mask and just be be you know peaches and creamy all the time it's like there's no use in that mm. and when you said uh, just then it's quite interesting when you said like you didn't have any kind of uh, uh aims for reaching this much money or this kind of role or this kind of job you know kind of society kind of pushes us towards these kind of uh social ladders and how to climb and and, and how to succeed and and you go on youtube you go on instagram you see all these kind of guys doing this and obviously you didn't do that you didn't want to do that um is, is that kind of uh, i guess is that kind of an interesting way to be as creative creative as you can is to lose the shackles of, of what society tells you to do and, and, and just go for what you uh, believe is, is right. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's an instinct, you know, like that, that's my manifesto uh, to always be like, you know, cut the crap. Uh, there has to be again, like a solid story behind things and, and a very honest approach to, you know, like take people by the hand and 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 talk to them in a in a very honest way and very humble way, instead of uh, of uh, like you know dictating what people should do. Um, I mean, working for a big company, there's a lot of listening that has to be done, and and it's a global brand too. So it's not only my vision that counts. You know, there's markets with special demands, and there's writers with special demands, and I don't know everything, but um, if if you listen more than you talk, you know, I, I I tend to like believe in in you know we have two ears and one mouth, you know, for a reason, you know, and that's like we should listen twice as much as we talk, and if if you do that as a creative or as a leader or just a person in general, I think you can you can you can come a far way, definitely, mm. and in the end, like as a designer or product developer. Uh, the product will get better if you take a lot of other opinions and concerns into account. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Okay, that's a, that's a really good advice. Um, so I'm conscious you've got to go and celebrate your birthday now. What was the plan for you for the rest of the day uh, for your for your big 40th? I don't know. There's some kind of surprise with my wife in San Francisco tonight. I don't know anything about it, but <laughs> I'm going to work all weekend and then I'm going to fly to Milan on Sunday and uh, we are going to release a new uh, collection for Peter Sagan, uh, the Sagan collection. Um, and then you'll see that if you're into competitive cycling, you'll see, uh, you'll see Peter raise his new uh, collection on Milan San Remo on uh, March 23rd. Okay. So that's, that's like the next big step for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And, I think that's it. Then, you know, whatever happens after that will happen. I can't control that. One day at a time. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Um, thanks for joining me Thank on your you. birthday. It's pretty pretty good of you and taking the time out of your uh, your busy day as well uh, to talk about busy. creative and cycling and uh, the journey I'm on as well. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And hey, good, good luck with your journey. I've been riding in New Zealand a couple of times and I, I, I love it. I love it a lot. I will be back many, many times. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope that was really interesting. Um, it was totally, totally different to what I was expecting uh, from the, the conversation. And it's kind of where I want to kind of develop my ideas from this and then talking to other people as well. 
Uh, next week's show, I'm talking to the world spokespeople who are going to tell us about their trip from London back to New Zealand. Uh, it's kind of a big show because there's a lot to talk about. In like two years, it took them to go from the UK uh, to New Zealand and their experience being back in New Zealand as well. And these guys are back, you know, kind of nearby in Auckland. So I'm definitely going to talk to them again because there's so much more information and hints, tips, questions I've got for them. So definitely like look out for, for another show in the future. So yeah, listen to that one. I've got another kind of few coming out as well, which are going to be talking to people in the creative industry within cycling. So if you're really, if you are a creative in this, in this world and you want to kind of help think about your ideas differently, then th- this show is going to be good and how it's going to develop over the next four weeks. If you have any ideas, or if you're from any of these tourist uh, spots, so some of these trails, you organise them, you help with them, you have a story to share, you're on the route as well, and you don't mind me kind of hanging out with you and talking to you about uh, the, the trails, the tour of Aotearoa and New Zealand itself, then reach out to me. Uh, the best place to do it is, is via my website. You can find my email there, uh, or you can jump on my Instagram and send me a message to that as well, and I can, I can hit you up. Uh, and that is just search pedaling podcasts uh, and just to clarify pedaling spelled p-e-d-a-l-i-n-g so yeah just give me a search hit me up and thanks for following thanks for sharing thanks for listening and see you next week